On behalf of the priests and staff of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church, I wish all of you a Merry Christmas, including those who may be visiting our parish for the first time. I also welcome all of our college students back who are home for the holidays. I'm excited to pray with you this evening. You know, I finished this homily. I wrote it all out yesterday afternoon the first time. I was so excited and proud that I actually got it done early and the ink would not be wet, as we used to say, as I came to church this evening. But two minutes after I finished and before I printed, my computer did a belly flop and somehow I lost the whole thing. And I was a tall, angry elf. And get this, I called my sister for consolation, and she said, well, Richard, obviously Jesus didn't like what you wrote, and you should start over. (laughs) What a wench. (laughs) Spoken like a hardened Catholic mother of six that she is. Ironically, I've been celebrating Christmas since I took my er my yearly retreat this past October. I had an amazing experience that has lasted since, and I've been waiting to share it with you this evening. I went to St. Meinrad for my retreat where I attended seminary. One of my closest friends and classmates is now a Benedictine monk there named Father Dennis, who presides over the seminary as the president rector. One night, Father Dennis invited me to the president's suite, if you will, on the seminary's fifth floor, which is accessed through a winding staircase, the likes of which I've never seen in any other public building. The steps are narrow and winding, and if I lived there, you'd probably find me dead at the bottom of the steps one morning after a misstep with my big size 15 feet, but I digress. It's a whimsical place, really, that fifth floor. Just three rooms, but it looks like a set for a movie like where the wardrobe would be in C.S. Lewis's The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe that leads to great adventures. It has massive windows, high sloping ceilings, and wood plank floors. If it wasn't in a seminary in southern Indiana, it would be the envy of urban apartment dwellers. My friend's quarters are perhaps typical of an academic who has studied, studied in Europe 25 years ago for his doctorate, and has journeyed the world over giving talks, parish missions, and leading countless pilgrimages to the Holy Land and throughout Western Europe. Over the years, Father Dennis collected some amazing things, and they're all there in those three rooms. For example, dozens of colorful Jewish prayer shawls that he got in the Holy Land crowd a wall on pegs along the hallway. The walls are loaded with pictures and paintings, Antique crucifixes and statues sit on crowded shelves of books. He also paints icons of ominous-looking early church fathers. Coffee table is thick with stacks of academic papers and books, some of which are his own. It's a lot to take in when you walk in, but all of a sudden, one painting caught my eye. It was a striking picture of the Madonna and the child with Three angels serenading the newborn king with musical instruments. Mary's eyes look intently on the newborn as she is relieved that he's finally drifted off to sleep. The angels also look pensive as if they're holding their breath, saying, shh, sleep in heavenly peace. But there's a striking and curious thing about that picture, that painting, the background for this religious scene, despite its 
very traditional depiction of Madonna and child and accompanying angels, the background isn't a stable, isn't a cave, isn't the hills of Bethlehem. Rather, Mary is sitting in a drafty old subway car, seemingly in the middle of the night like she's homeless, barefoot, and the child too has little protection from the elements, just a few swaddling clothes. Impoverished, yes, but still beautiful nonetheless, is how I would describe it. It stretched me in rather uncomfortable ways as I looked at that picture. Incidentally, if you want to see the picture of that painting, I've asked the ushers to pass out a little prayer card now as a spiritual gift to you and your family. I wrote a prayer on the back as well, maybe one or two per family to place on your refrigerator, maybe give to one other person. We moved on after I looked at that painting and asked them questions, but my curious glances did not. What am I supposed to learn? What does it mean? Eventually, I went back to my room and back to my retreat. But the next morning, I opened my door and found myself face to face with the Madonna and child again. There the painting was, leaning sideways against my doorframe with a post-it note strategically placed at my eye level saying, take it home, it's yours. I was stunned. I was grateful. The canvas is large, probably eight feet wide, and it barely fit into my SUV, and I put it in the back and then propped it up on the front seats as I drove to Missouri for a wedding with my head leaning to the left. And when I arrived at my hotel, I carried the painting to my room, propped it up against the window on the seventh floor. And when I opened my eyes the next sunny morning, the sunlight from behind the painting made the three angels glow rather supernaturally or mystically. And there she was again, the Madonna and the baby on the subway. I can almost hear the announcements of the next stop and feel the movement of the car and the smell of burning fuel and dirty city streets. I took a picture of the painting and sent it to a longtime friend who was a minister in his church. Steve can be a little rigid, shall we say, kind of fundamental. And I was curious what he would think. He hated it. It's not biblical, Richard. I rolled my eyes and responded, of course, it's not biblical. Mary didn't travel around Bethlehem in a subway, you dork. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but then I started to ponder the incarnation and, our, and the diverging opinions and viewpoints of me and my friend. Of course, it's our common belief that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, also known as the Son of God, or the Logos, or the Word, was made flesh by being conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as the Theotokos, in Greek, which stands for God-bearer. But for my dear, albeit rigid friend, incarnation is always preceded by the article, the. The Incarnation. It was an amazing event, but it happened once, case closed, and a discussion. He is grateful, and so am I. In his birth in Bethlehem, Jesus afforded us hope. But as a Catholic, I think incarnationally, that is, Jesus continues to be made present and bestow grace upon grace to the sacraments, most especially 
the Holy Eucharist, but the other sacraments as well. In other words, while the Incarnation is uniquely historical in its event, that cannot be compared to any alleged manifestation of a God in other world religions. Jesus also continues to reveal himself in what we know as the Messianic Age. He dwells among us, the scriptures say. As Matthew 25 says, whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me. This Eucharistic sacrifice on this Christmas night is a celebration of the Incarnation, but it is also a reminder that Catholics think incarnationally. We look for Jesus who was born a tiny child and wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And we also have the privilege of finding him here in this church, on this altar. And this leads me to what I love so much about this painting. I've taken to praying the Angelus when I pass by that painting every morning and night. There's a line in the Angelus that says, God dwelt among us, past tense. Recently, I heard that while people pray the Angelus, some say God dwells among us, present tense. He is not safe with his mother and father, surrounded by loving shepherds and kings in the cocoon of history. Rather, again, he is among us. He is present in our tabernacles, on our altar, and he takes up residence in our hearts when we receive him in the Eucharist and when we are commissioned at Mass that we must find him. We must find him in the oddest of places and serve him in our families, in places of poverty, suffering, and loneliness, at work, at play, in places like a drafty old subway car that is waiting for people to pour in from every messy persuasion and walk of life. Nothing tidy and neat there. Yes, as I walk by that magnificent painting, I think of incarnation. And that if I want to, to accept the sweet baby Jesus into my life, I must realize that to the extent that I do so is the extent to which I reverence him in people perhaps even the most difficult people in my life. Collectively, we have failed miserably in this task as a country in recent years. We fight, we separate, we accuse, we objectify, we cancel, we hate, we dismiss, and we judge, and then we have the nerve to sing, sleep in heavenly peace. If Catholics the holy people of God truly lived incarnationally, we could change the world. Where is he? Where will we adore him besides this altar of sacrifice? In the stable, yes, but also on the subway and everywhere else in between. May God bless us with conversion and renewal in our efforts and our resolve this Christmas. And may he bless us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.